Hello, welcome to Cheese the Day, the official cheese cast of North Coast Co-op. Now new and improved with guests. My name is Thomas. I'm the cheese department head at the Eureka store. And I'm Veronica. I'm the cheese department head at the Arcata store. And we're here with Adam Dick from Dick Taylor Chocolates. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Thanks so much for being here. Oh, it, it's my pleasure. It's also nice that it's not a super long walk and just kind of walk next door. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty easy. Yeah, we were a little late getting here, but uh, which is surprising being just a half a block away. But happy to be here and excited to talk about cheese and chocolate, some of my favorite things, and I think it'll be fun. Excellent. Yeah. I'm excited about chocolate and cheese. So I'm sure everyone at home who's who's listening knows about Dick Taylor Chocolate, knows who you are. But just in case anyone out there doesn't, uh, who's Dick Taylor Chocolate? What uh, is it? Yeah. Well, okay. We'll give you guys uh, the quick little pitch. Um, so uh, once again, I'm Adam Dick, and I'm one of the owners of Dick Taylor Chocolate. Uh, my business partner, Dustin Taylor, is uh, the other owner. So that's where the Dick Taylor comes from. And uh, we are a bean-to-bar chocolate manufacturer. So um, what that means, and it's a really big deal, or at least we feel like it is, we buy fermented and dried cocoa beans from around the world, and we perform all the steps to process those into finished chocolate all inside of our factory uh, here in Eureka. There are very few people or very few companies in the, in the U.S. or in the world that are actually producing chocolate from the bean. Uh, there's lots and lots of chocolatiers, and a chocolatier would buy an already produced chocolate, and then they make it into flavored truffles, bars, all kinds of amazing creations. And it's a whole nother art form. I mean, it, we've, we've dabbled in that, and it's, it's really challenging. Um, so what we do, though, is kind of like on the manufacturing end. And uh, we started in 2010. And it was kind of a, you know, a happenstance kind of roundabout way. My business partner and I both worked as carpenters for about 12 years and really loved um, kind of the, the fine craftsmanship, woodworking aspect of, of, of carpentry. And so uh, we built a lot of cabinets. We restored wood boats, um, did a lot of architectural millwork and things like that. We really loved working with our hands and that transformative process from a rough sawn board to a finished chair or a table or something is, is really fascinating and we get to interact with lots of cool vintage machines and so we really loved it but you know we've, we were like in our mid-30s at this time in 2010 and had families that were growing and you know like a lot of carpenters and stuff that work in Humboldt County we'd kind of bounce around from job to job yeah. contractor to contractor working for cash a lot you know <laughs> for and so you're thinking is this how it's going to be for the rest of my, you know, is this my, if I'm like on my career path right now or what? Um, we just kind of fell into it and really loved it. So I think maybe we were primed for like a, like a career change, but we didn't yeah. know what that was. And somebody passed us this video of these brothers that make chocolate in Brooklyn. And I mean, I'd never, ever considered where chocolate comes from. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's just this wonderful brown substance that we buy at the co-op yeah. and it's amazing. And you have cravings for. Yeah. And so it was, um, <laughs> It was it just like, you know, lifted the veil from our eyes. We're like, wow, I've never, never thought about it. But what we saw is the same transformative process from these raw cocoa beans all the way through these steps to make it into this, like, wonderful, delicious chocolate. And we're like, man, it's like, I get it. I totally get that. And so we started, you know, kind of experimenting, um, not as a business idea, but just as, like, a, a hobby. Could I make a chocolate bar? And yeah. so we bought some little countertop stone grinding equipment and a, you know, a few pounds of beans from a place online and we started making chocolate in my laundry room. 
and uh, <laughs> it was terrible. It was like the worst. You can't imagine how bad this stuff was. Texture was terrible. Flavor was wacky. But it was different than what you could buy conventionally yeah. in a grocery store. I mean, we were making chocolate with just cocoa beans and cane sugar, only two ingredients, and so it's very stripped down, very simplified. Whereas yeah. you know most chocolate that you would buy also has additional cocoa butter, usually a blended origin of beans. There's almost always vanilla added as well, and mm-hmm. uh, there's a, usually a emulsifier called lecithin that's in there. So there's, there's a, a whole host of other ingredients that aren't necessarily essential to the chocolate, but that have just been adopted for processing reasons as like an industrial standard. Mm. So we were making terrible chocolate in my laundry room in 2010 <laughs> that tastes way different and more interesting than what you could normally buy. So that kept us experimenting. And you know, you're experimenting and experimenting and yeah. you like to think you're getting better. Um, and then, you know, you can only eat so much of the chocolate that you're making. And so, you know, we're giving it to friends and anybody that will like take it. And it was kind of around that point, people, somebody was like, you guys should sell this stuff, you know? It's really great. And we're like, yeah, we should sell it. That'd be awesome. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we started to do like a little, you know, market research. And of course, there was no other chocolate makers in Humboldt County. Um, so that was a plus. Um, at the time, there was about, I think maybe 25 or so chocolate manufacturers in the United States, period. And that counted Mars and Nestle and Hershey and wow. Cargill and Calibo. Oh, wow. So there was, like, there was like five or six little small batch makers, and the rest were these big industrial giants. And so we're like, well, there's you know, not a lot of competition. So, so we kind yeah. of decided we would, you know, we would dabble. So we rented a little commercial kitchen that was the like, little front cafe space out of Omquist Lumber out, uh, out in Arcata. <laughs> I remember we used to go to Omquist all the time you know, to get our, building, or our you know, construction materials. And so we knew Eric pretty well and said, hey, Eric, you know, how much for the space up there? And he gave us this like, smoking deal. Eric Omquist is the best guy in the world. <laughs> he gave us this amazing deal um, on this space, utilities included. And we like set up a chocolate factory, you know, and we were we were doing it on Mondays. So in front of Omquist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty odd. I mean, people would come in, they're like, no, this is the strangest thing. Um, and so we were doing chocolate on Mondays and then doing carpentry the rest of the week. And, and then, it, you know, it grew and we were doing it nights and weekends. And then you're like, man, I can't do both of these things. So after about two and a half years, we... Uh, we kind of quit the carpentry gig and just volunteered full-time at the chocolate factory. Wow. And luckily our wives were both working at the time. So it's kind of like the only way that it like ever come together. Um, and so then we, you know, worked at Omquist for probably another two and a half years, total about five. And then we were like, now we're bursting at the seams. We need uh, more space. And so that's when we uh, moved down here to the spot next to you guys and really were able to kind of expand and grow and improve the equipment that we were using and and really really allowed us to kind of improve the quality of the chocolate and produce more of it at the same time yeah yeah and uh yeah so now we've we've been at it 10 years and uh yeah it's kind of kind of amazing you know sometimes i'm like man 10 years you know you feel like maybe you you wish like sometimes things grew faster or whatever you know (laughs) it's always it's it's a little bit of a scrappy fight but then i think to myself man if it grew too much faster i don't know if we could have like you then know, you might yeah. start having to, I don't know, do a terrible thing like sacrificing some quality of something. So yeah, you make compromises you don't necessarily want to. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's a really that's an it's just an interesting you know thing to think about and to grapple with because you know we certainly quality first is is yeah kind of like our whole thing. Um, one of the reasons we're not certified organic is because we're committed to buying quality cocoa beans and not all the cocoa beans that we want are 
are organic. Most of the you know our main yeah. origins are, but some of the other things just aren't. And so, but it was always quality first. We weren't going to you know pursue necessarily organic over quality. Right. Luckily, those things oftentimes coincide, but yeah. not always. But not always. So then you know as we're scaling and building, you know you're like, well, how do I? How do I grow and improve? And so when we were looking at purchasing different machinery, we were like, well, is this, gonna, is this, is this just going to get more out or is it going to get more out but also improve it? And when those two things came together, uh. you're like, okay, this is what we want. <laughs> and, uh, and so we've always you know, made those decisions. And, and now I think we've really kind of hit our kind of production model and, the, and the, the quality control points that we like. And um, you know, now it becomes looking for interesting origins and kind of unexplored things. And that's what really kind of keeps us interested these days. Yeah. Yeah, that's really cool. That is so cool. I could, I I know this is a cheese podcast, but I'm like, I just want to learn about chocolate all day now. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, uh, I think. Sorry, that I, that guiding influence of quality first. Uh, it it speaks. To, I recognize that in a lot of the brands we carry at the co-op, but it really shows in the final product, in a way that. That I'm not sure it necessarily does. Like a lot of a lot of wineries are trying to turn out the finest wines they can, and they're. The, I guess what I'm trying I'm struggling to say is your chocolate is so substantially different than than the sort of commodity chocolate that's out there in a way that I don't really see in like the difference between a fine wine and a a more widely yeah. available wine. Yeah, not and necessarily it, a table wine, but yeah, and I mean, and and I I think some of that maybe comes from the fact that. You know the 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 craft chocolate like movement is is still really new. Yeah. I mean it's it's really small. I mean we we started ten years ago. Prior to us, there was a there was kind of a wave of probably maybe four makers that started in two thousand seven. So three years before us, you probably never heard of any of those people. And then before them, it was John Scharfenberger, and oh. that was you know I. I can't remember the exact year that Scharfenberger started, but Scharfenberger was like the first yeah. chocolate. Like, I, I can't I'm going to misquote this and somebody go online and, and correct me, but Scharfenberger, <laughs> when he started, he was like the first new chocolate manufacturer in the United States in like 50 years. Wow. I mean, it was yeah. crazy. It was some really long period of time where we just had standard chocolate rolling out of these factories 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And John Scharfenberger, you know, he was like, let's, and he came from wine background. He's like, let's, do something different with chocolate. So he started sourcing beans around the world and really kind of developing this small batch model. And then they were purchased later by Hershey's. Yeah. But I guess I'm getting at is right now you have like, it's just, there's, there's like industrial chocolate and there's craft chocolate, but most of us don't have a ton of experience with craft chocolate. Yeah. Mm. I could, I could rattle off a ton of makers that I totally love. And you guys be like, I've never heard of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and so I think that the gap or the, like between industrial chocolate and like what, a, you know, a small batch kind of craft producer would make is way different yeah you know it's just it's like so different now and i think until you know in my dream world <laughs> on the grocery store shelf there might be like one or two industrial bars and then an entire cadre of like really cool craft makers i'd rather yeah. I'd, I'd love to see that switch but right now you know in most grocery oh, stores yeah. the chocolate selection is pretty homogenous in a sense and even even a lot of the a lot of the you know larger label stuff that we see, some of that stuff is is produced by another manufacturer, and then the chocolate's purchased, yeah. or you know, and then and then remolded in, into their own bars. And so, some of that storytelling is a little convoluted as well. And you yeah. know, the, the supply chain there isn't always super crystal clear. So, yeah, some um, cheeses like that. Yeah, Definitely. yeah. I mean, it's you know, it, it, yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot. It, it's kind of one of those things that happens when you're trying to produce 
yeah. stuff on a large scale. So. I feel like I want to apologize to winemakers that I threw under the bus earlier. I'm sure there's so many winemakers <laughs> shouting, my wine is my so wine is the different. Best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the, the breadth of distance between my wine and a commodity wine is just huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry, winemakers. Uh, I'll learn more about your product in a future podcast. <laughs> and I will continue to drink your product. <laughs> <laughs> As will I. Definitely. <laughs> uh, with that apology under our belts, why don't we go ahead and take a quick break for a word from our sponsors slash employers slash the reason they let us have a podcast, North Coast Co-op. We'll be right back. Cheese the Day is the official cheese cast of the North Coast Co-op, your local member-owned and organic certified grocery store, where everyone is welcome. Now back to the cheese nerds. Welcome back. As you know, we're here talking to Dick Taylor Chocolate. And so the exciting new thing is Dick Taylor Chocolate is paired with Cypress Grove, and they have a new cheese out, the Chipotle Cacao. How did this happen? Who who called who first? <laughs> well, if you go back a bunch of years, probably it was us begging them for something. But um, they called. They did call us on this one. Um, oh. We've been, you know, huge, huge fans of Cypress Grove yeah. for a really long time. And I mean, obviously, as a kind of a young, up and coming food manufacturing processing business in Humboldt County, you know, we look to like. You know, desserts on us is is big, and, and Cypress Grove, of course, is just amazing. And they they produce cheese that is award winning year after year, and yeah. so it's like those are the kind of attributes that we're like, I want to be like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so you know, a, a lot of times we we would reach out to them for for pairing things, and we we've done several times at our factory we've done a cheese and chocolate pairing class and featuring just Cypress Grove cheeses in our chocolate, and somebody from Cypress Grove would come down and teach about that, and then. Um, a couple of years, they got a booth at the Northwest Chocolate Festival, which is a huge oh. thing that we go to up in Seattle every year. It, it's usually in November yeah. this year. It's not. Yeah. Um, but Cypress fun. Grove got a booth up there, you know, and you think, okay, that's kind of odd. But no, it they, sounds delicious. They killed it there because you know, everybody's like walking row after row, chocolate, 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 and they get to the cheese, and they're like, it's different. I want this. You know, so they do really well. And we, we uh, would do the pairing classes also up there as a part of the education program for the Northwest Chocolate Festival. So... We've had a pretty, you know, kind of long-standing relationship with with them, and, and know a lot of the folks over there, and so they're they're really great. And so naturally, when they're like, "Well, we're thinking about doing this, you know, kind of remix of the Humboldt Fog, you know, with this and this," and we're just like, "Yeah, absolutely, you know, let let's do it, let's do it, yeah, yeah." And so they, you know, obviously they they use our um, our chocolate. They replace the, I mean, I guess you guys could talk about it, but they replace the the uh, ash line in there with our chocolate kind of ground up. Yeah. And then it's just yeah. got that chipotle mixed through the paste. And it, it's really good. I mean, I, I definitely wouldn't say that it's like a, has this like overarching chocolate flavor. Um, but it's a, it's a nice like subtle addition there. And it, that cheese is like wonderfully spicy. I, I, <laughs> you know, I love it. I, I, I like spicy food. And so sometimes when you buy things and it's like, it, it says it's got peppers in it or chilies or whatever. Does I it, expect that it should be yeah, spicy. Yeah. I'm like a little disappointed when I'm like, huh, oh, wasn't like that spicy, but yeah, that cheese is spicy. Yeah, it, it is. It's got some heat so to it. Fantastic. It I is love it. so good. And that's so often true with cheese, especially for some reason with Chipotle. If you buy a habanero cheese, it's probably going to be spicy. But Chipotle 
it's almost never spicy. It's almost always just sort of a smoky cheese. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And it's that, like got maybe a tingle, but yeah. it's not. It's not. I know. Really. Which I always sort of feel that disappointment with your chipotle cheeses because I yeah. want that heat. And, that and this definitely is brings it. Delicious. And then it's in cheese, so there's that spiciness, but then there's the goat milk in there because it's cheese, yeah. and that mellows it out in a wonderful way. Yeah. I have to say. I want it to have more chocolate. <laughs> you may just have to add the chocolate yourself. Little, like, I need an extra chocolate well, bar to go yeah. with yeah, it. Yeah, so we can talk about some interesting pairings and things to do with chocolate later on. But yeah, I, I agree. I was like, yeah, let's just a little more chocolate in you, there. You, it's, it's there, but it's very, very subtle. Yeah, but it, yeah. But it goes well with chocolate. That's I think is, oh, you know, we yeah. always like sit around in the factory. Very well, yeah. A little bit around there. And Salty, sweet, creamy. I mean... You can't go wrong. Yeah, definitely not. I'm, I'm curious as to the process of of developing this cheese. Did you go through like different beans that you were trying out? I mean, how did you how did you create that flavor? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, it was it was certainly like a lot of the R and D happened on their end. They mm-hmm. kind of asked us, um, they asked us what we th- what we thought might work well in there because you know there's two kind of common thoughts. One would be, well, do we put finished chocolate in there or another common thing people use cocoa nibs just the, mm. the you know the roasted yeah. nib before it's refined in products um number of years ago back when we were still at omquest there was a, a local lady up here and she was kind of like a food blogger and just a, like a food experimenter and she made a lot of like homemade cheese and so she would come in and get chocolate from us out at omquest and one time she, she was going to want to make a goat cheese with some cocoa nibs in it. And so we're like, oh, that's an awesome idea, you know? So we gave her some nibs and she did her thing and she came back, um, I don't know, however long it was to age the cheese. But what was interesting is the nib got real weird in that oh. cheese. Like it, the, the nib, when, you know, after it's roasted and you chew it, it's almost like a nut. It's crunchy, it, you know, it has like a lot of body to it. Yeah. Um, when it had been in the cheese for that long, it almost turned into like raisins. It was weird. No. <laughs> they were really soft. <laughs> oh. So so naturally, like when Cypress Grove was like, well, what should we do? I did not suggest the nibs. Um, the difference with the chocolate is once you've, uh, okay, let's go back. Um, <laughs> the, the, the nibs themselves are made up of all, like almost 50% cocoa butter. Okay. okay. When you look at those cocoa nibs, you're like, it, it doesn't seem like it's half fat, but it's half oh, vegetable. I've fat. always thought, of like, it's kind of like a nut, but they're kind of waxy. Yeah, there's a, a lot. Of the I mean, same there's a ton of, of vegetable oil or vegetable fat in there, which is oh. cocoa butter. Uh, so when you grind that, rather than it going into a powder, it goes into a paste, right? If you keep it warm enough, mm-hmm. which usually most friction of grinding will melt the, the cocoa butter. So. Um, so then it goes into a liquid state, but when it cools, now all of the solid particles are coated with vegetable fat, which is less permeable, you know, to moisture and things ah. like that. So the, the chocolate itself and that ground kind of powdered form, so we make the chocolate, then we like re kind of grind it. Um, it's way less likely to get weird. If right. That makes sense. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that was like some of the, you know, decisions. And, yeah. and then we, you know, we gave them some ground stuff and they, you know, would experiment and send things back to us. But they, you know, the, the reality is like, they, I don't know anything about cheese. They know tons and tons <laughs> about cheese. So I'm like, not going to tell them like, well, what I think you should do is this. You'll I love agree. it. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of gave them what we felt like was our best option that they could incorporate in there. And 
And uh, sure enough, it seemed like it worked pretty well. And then they decided on the, I don't know, the percentage of yeah, the I amount mean, like, of chocolate in Yeah, there. and I think yeah. since it's yeah, it's just in that like kind of ash line yeah. in there, that it, it, it's, not a, it's really not a ton of chocolate yeah. that's in there. Um, and I don't know, honestly, if they did experiments with a bunch more and it like wasn't necessarily great, right. you know? <laughs> so we never, they, they never got sent to us to try. Right. Oh. But I think also as they're trying to like replicate that look of the Humboldt Fog, yeah. that nice line in there. Right. Like, just, it kind of just needs that subtle little. In a subtle, in a subtleness. Yeah. And it is a, it is a pleasant, you know, you get the Chipotle first and then I always get that chocolate just sort like of at right the end. It's like, like a base yeah. note that's still lingering. Yeah. Which is very pleasant. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Have you guys noticed much, you know, like as those cheeses age and the cream line goes in, do you guys notice much of a like flavor it, development or change? Have you guys tried it? I haven't time? taste compared. I should do that. In a, normal a, Humboldt a fog? Fresh, yes. young. Yeah, and I'm guessing yeah. it would change <laughs> some, I would think. Yeah. With yeah. this cheese, I haven't had a chance because it keeps selling, selling. out. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> that's actually something I was going to bring up. This is the most popular Humble remix. Fog remix. Yeah. We've sold in Eureka, certainly. Really? And in yeah. Arcana, By a too. Lot. Really yeah. cool. Yeah. I've had to up my order, and I'm, I apologize to the folks at home. I will almost certainly sell out this week. Oh, really? We're, we're ordering in advance from Cypress Grove, and they're making it to order. And I, I was not appreciating how fast this would sell. It's gaining popularity <laughs> yeah, because rapidly. Yeah, we because we, we were trying to let Cypress Grove know ahead of time, we think we're going to sell about this yeah. much so we kind of, so they can do their production and right. have, you know, yeah. and have some kind of guess on numbers on their production because right. they got to age it and do yeah. all of that. So I should try to get my hands on an extra wheel and hang on to it and see what happens. Yeah, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It goes pretty their, quick. Yeah. their notes in the material they sent us said that they do expect it to get spicier as it ages. Uh-huh, interesting. Yeah. Which I guess that's to be expected. But that is. That's kind of like, so I don't know. let one go until it's like just liquid inside yeah. and cut the rind <laughs> and pour it in your uh, mouth and it's really spicy. I love that. <laughs> Oh, that would be so much fun. Lots of customers are wary of the super gooey fogs and remixes and stuff, but I think that's the best, that cream yeah. line. The uh-huh. cream line when it gets they really fat. Delicious. Yeah. You can't even cut it without it like peeling back and falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best. Yeah, well, I just not, not that I want to steal business from you guys. We do have a little bit of the cheese over there. So if you run out here at the oh, co-op, good, you, good. Can always, <laughs> yeah. you could go to Dick Taylor Yeah, we, we like hardly go through it. But they, they want, you know, just as kind of like the, the co-marketing and the oh, launch yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. We, we got a few wheels that we've been cutting up. and That's good to know. Yeah. So, yeah. But come buy it at the co-op and get all your other shopping done there, too. But if you can't, <laughs> find it. Absolutely. And while you're visiting the co-op, at least at our Eureka location, Dick Taylor, they're basically next door. I mean, they're just behind the co-op. Just yeah. keep walking for another block. Yep. And yeah, exactly. And hit their showroom. And we and, do, unfortunately, now, you know, with, like, the, you know, with the, with the way things are, we're not sampling bars currently. Nah. But normally, I mean, that's another great reason to come down to the factory. Yeah. At least you, yeah. can, you can try everything that we've got. There. But, yeah, you can do, like, curbside pickup. and We do, yeah, we do have curbside and, and all of that you stuff. You guys are getting all kinds of fun stuff going on there. I haven't been into – I haven't been there yet, and I keep meaning to, but I just see – you fun things go. pop up on social media yeah. like oh my god they have all these fun things going on yeah and it's been it's been so interesting you know as we um try to navigate this like strange shift in kind of how our business i mean it's not like everything's changed a hundred percent but it's been really interesting um you know as soon as like we were put in shelter in place you know we, we were like dustin and i kind of 
panicked a little bit. You're like, I don't know how this is going to go. What's this going to look like? Are people going to stop buying chocolate? And yeah. Um, and so, uh, but quickly we kind of realized that, that people actually were, you know, buying a lot of chocolate. We were, you know, we offered free shipping. We said, okay, mm-hmm. if you're going to stay home, yeah. we'll ship it to you, you know, for free. Easier stress with chocolate. Yeah. And I mean, and, and our <laughs> web sales went, you know, went up big. Um, our bulk sales, you know, that we sell to coffee shops and, and other pastry places. Slowed, gone. yeah. Those were gone for a, for a couple months. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's, it, and so now we're, now we're doing a, so much marketing to this, to, you know, this national cadre of people that are buying bars online. And so we're trying to have things that are relevant to them yeah. and interesting. And so, yeah, the, the volume, the, the amount that we're putting out new stuff way faster. I mean, when you're dealing with a largely wholesale customer base, which is kind of what we were doing before, you know, they, they have their shelf space, they have the bars that they buy, and it's it's like it's pretty standard. And, and yeah. they're used to, like, you got a holiday thing that comes out and maybe some quarterly things. And so the rhythm of, of grocery buyers, they, like, they get that. Yeah. But people that are home on their computers all the time, you know, <laughs> it's like you have to pump it out at a different pace for them to keep everybody engaged and interested. So it's, yeah. we're, we're, we're learning. But, yeah, you, like you said, you see a lot of new stuff on yeah, social media. Yeah, like the... The s'mores kit. Yeah. Oh my god, I love that. The s'mores kit is genius. Yeah, I, I don't know who came up with that, but it is fantastic. Yeah, I, my my business partner Dustin, and then a lot of the marketing team was was really into the s'mores thing. I, I will have to admit, I was kind of like a foot dragger on. That. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I'm just like, who is going to buy a s'mores kit? I mean, I don't that's know. the cutest thing. But if you're going to go outside is. and social distance and <laughs> bring your little personal box of s'mores kit, but it has it has done really yeah. well we did we did s'mores last year but i think this year we kind of hit on like the the right size the packaging and the price point so it mm-hmm. takes us a little while to yeah figure things and out. like yeah. cocoa packs i love that yeah the you hot chocolate it, thing yeah. yeah that was you know we've we make drinking chocolate and yeah. uh, that's that's just like our, our chocolate shredded and the the mixing instructions give you this really rich kind of decadent uh drinking chocolates thick um, and we serve them in like little demi toss cups because that's yeah. kind of like what you can handle. Because <laughs> uh, I mean, there's All so right. much chocolate there. Yeah. But, uh, we wanted to kind of have an answer for like you know you're out camping or backpacking whatever, and you want a little like thing of hot chocolate. So this has yeah. uh, uh, milk powder already in it, so it's much oh. closer to like a regular hot chocolate. Oh, you're pack. selling you just add me. Water okay. and this done. is coming on my next backpacking trip. But we're, we I use, just got uh, back from one. <laughs> yes, we use our shredded chocolate, and then we are using that uh, milk powder, the A two A two milk powder from Alexander Family Farms. Oh, ah. first like producer yeah. of A two milk powder, and our milk chocolates that we just came out with are like the the first A two milk chocolates in the world, as far as I know. I could be wrong. Um, but we did a lot of research and didn't find anybody else using A2 milk no. powder. No, so. A2 it being advertised as, I don't know, part of the common lexicon for customers looking for things yeah. is kind of a new thing on the market. Yeah, and I mean, the milk powder is just like amazingly delicious. And that the, everybody in that in the Alexander family is so wonderful. They're the nicest folks ever. Um, we're like in we're in a little bit of a, a supply shortage for the milk powder because <laughs> they we've just been it's been popular we've been buying so much of it yeah um, but when we got, when they got to the end of the last run we're like the, these are all the bags we can get like we need more bags and so like the, the family members were like offering up their bags of milk powder <laughs> that they had for their allotment so they're they're just great people I can't say enough cool stuff about them oh they're wow so neat. I would second that. I, I don't do business with them directly because I'm in the cheese department. But yeah. every time they're in the store for the dairy department, they, they're they a wonderful 
local yeah. business to yeah. interact with. Absolutely. And just, I like the small local businesses yeah. working together with small local businesses to like make things happen yeah. in Humboldt County, which is really great. Yeah, I mean, and before Lovely. that we were you know yeah. using a lot of milk powder from Humboldt Creamery, but they weren't offering an organic whole milk powder. Right. Um, and so the, the the milk chocolate just didn't quite have that like that punch that we wanted. We were making this Madagascar dark milk, and uh, when we were able to get this their organic whole milk, it just it like changed the texture, the flavor, everything so much. We changed the bean origin to more closely align with the flavor of the milk powder, and it's like it's probably one of my favorite chocolates to eat. Our milk chocolates. Oh, so <laughs> oh! I gotta make my way in there. I need I, now. I need more chocolate. Yes, I definitely really need some of those that drinking chocolate packets for yeah. my next trip. They are. They're pretty cool. I'm imagining. A chocolate laboratory over there in back, a la Willy Wonka or something oh, like that. It just like, <laughs> you'd be so disappointed. Where, where does all this experimenting happen? Is it's it? a step up from a laundry room. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's a bigger laundry room, really. <laughs> we don't have a washer and dryer at the factory, but I guess we could get one and put it in. Uh, yeah, um, like where does the where does that all happen? I wish we had you know something that was like a test kitchen type thing. Yeah. Uh, we have a couple little, like, little really small, like, little stone grinders that we can um, make, like, two pounds at a time. Okay. And so we do test batching with that. But, you know, we don't <clears> – <throat> we're not always just, like, trying new bean origins and trying new bean origins. Um, that's a whole other, you know, topic. But a lot of what we do is thinking about inclusions and things to, to put in the chocolate. And so sometimes that, that happens, you know – that happens with a ladle and like a spoon <laughs> and a stir and pour See it out. If, yeah, yeah. We we do you know like in the in the try in the testing process we make like a lot of bark like chocolate bark. Uh-huh. Yeah. So oh yeah. It's like an unmolded bar, so you can make the bark and sprinkle whatever yeah, put in stuff there on it. Um, yeah, which is great. And then you know barks are great because you can if you, like if you took a big blob and you divided it say into thirds and you put this topping here and this here and this here. The overlap areas also can be things like, oh, well, these two together are really great. So yeah. bark can be really great that way for flavor development mm. and, and idea farming. Oh, that is wow. Fun. Like a chocolate Venn diagram. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. That should have been a science project of mine when I was a child. <laughs> That's a great woulda. science fair project. <laughs> chocolate and yeah. flavors. If you're at home and you need a science fair project, chocolate. Yeah. Yes, come down to Dick Taylor. We'll, yeah. we'll get you some chocolate, and you can make some bark and chocolate Venn <laughs> diagram. You could you could make kids chocolate science fair kits next, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, we have some more questions, I believe. Let's take a little break. In a world where you've run out of things to watch on Netflix... One podcast is here to save you by releasing episodes every two weeks. That's right. Cheese the Day will now release episodes every two weeks. Now back to those two cheese nerds. All right, so we're back. And as much as I'd love to keep learning about chocolate for the rest of the week, really... Uh, this is a cheese cast, and I feel like we have a certain reputation to uphold. We're supposed to talk about cheese. That's what we've promised our listeners. Uh, and I, I think the best segue into that for me, we've we've talked about the Cypress Grove cheese, and we've talked about the fact that you you've paired a lot of uh, 
Cypress Grove cheeses with chocolates. I had the the great pleasure of attending a wine or no, it was beer, chocolate, and cheese pairing event at the factory. Oh, cool! I was th- I was there for that last one, and that just blew me away. Yeah, I had never tasted flavor pairings like that. Oh, I'm so they were amazing. Where was I? I don't know. You were I? missing yeah, out. We though. really should be like comping you guys tickets to these things just to get you to come. Like, every time. You actually did comp that. me a ticket, which I really appreciated. I, w- yeah. I wasn't going to bring that up, but uh, yeah, no, I, I thank you for copying me that ticket. It was it was one of the highlights of my year. Uh, that was an incredible event. And uh, you folks at home, when these events start happening again, when it's medically safe to do so you will not regret signing up for any future Dick Taylor events. Yeah. They're we, amazing. We've had a lot of fun doing those. And I mean, that was <clears throat> that, it, you know, even from like day one was really something that even though we couldn't do it at Almquist and we can barely do it at the place that we're at now space wise, but the education thing is really important. I mean, like, you know, we were talking about earlier, most people have no concept about like, what a bean to bar or a craft chocolate manufacturer does and how are they different than somebody right. else. And so uh, consumer education, is huge for us. We're basically trying to tell everybody why we think we're so great. (laughs) 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 Um, But, uh, and so doing those pairing events has has largely been an extension of that. And we were really gaining really good momentum. We were doing two a month and, you know, they were largely selling out and then, and then the pandemic hit. And so we, we, yeah, and we'll, we'll get back to it. I mean, we, it's still at the core of like who we are. You got to start, you got to, you got, you got to, I don't know, fill up that fan base a little bit to sustain you. Over yeah. This, but the, but the pairing things time. are always so fascinating for us. And, um, and I really get excited about the non-conventional ones. I think that's when pairing gets really interesting. You know, people yeah. talk a lot about, about chocolate and red wine. It's kind of like the knee jerk go to. And I, I right. mean, I have chocolate bar with a bottle of wine a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it is really good. But the way that I tend to feel about it is like the wine and especially red wine and dark chocolate have a lot of similar uh, flavor components to them. You know, yeah. that you, you get tannic uh, notes. There's certainly lots of berry, earthiness, woodiness, spice. And so we use those same terms to talk about chocolate. Right. So to me, a lot of times when you're when you're going to just go with red wine and a chocolate bar, it's kind of like pairing wine with wine or chocolate with chocolate. And I mean, I'm, I'm not not throwing the whole thing out, but I think what really comes alive is like you're saying, like, let's put cheese, chocolate and beer together and see what happens, you know. Yeah. And like you're saying, it's it's amazing. It's different. It's unique. And so we really gravitate. I mean, I, I love cheese and chocolate pairings. I could do it all day long. Yeah. And, uh, we've done cheese and uh, whiskeys. I mean, sorry, chocolate and whiskeys really really good um and i always whenever we even if we do a wine and chocolate thing there i always try to get a couple white wines in and i think white wine and chocolate is phenomenal uh you're just trying to get things that are dissimilar to come together into something interesting and unique so yeah <clears throat> that's gotta, always what we look for they just gotta i mean you really there's there's no boundaries really it's all about the cheese and the chocolate mm-hmm. each of those components highlighting a positive component of the other yeah, of the yeah. other one and sometimes the way those flavors play is surprising and so fun yeah and one thing that's, that's nice too um <clears throat> typically when you pair you know chocolate melts at basically the human body temperature which you could sit and think about that all day it's amazing to me to think <laughs> that there's this product that perfectly melts in our mouth and anyway if the melt t- point was slightly different it wouldn't be as enjoyable um 
But when you pair chocolate with a beverage exclusively, it can be difficult. It can, you know, kind of slow the meltdown. And so yeah. it's always that, that thing like how do we get um, the chocolate melting and you get a you know, take a swig of your wine or beer or whatever and you will cool that down. But cheese and chocolate don't do that. You know, they're both yeah. things that warm yeah. and the and the creaminess of the cheese and that the like the, the fat on the cheese is very different than the vegetable fat and the cocoa butter and the way those come together is as magical, I think. Yeah. I, I completely agree. agree. <clears throat> I'm curious to talk about about cheese pairings with you because I've I've paired cheese with Dick Taylor chocolate before and I think a little while ago you guys were going to do a cheese tasting and and you sent me a bunch of chocolate and I got to just try it with uh-huh. cheeses that I was cutting which that was a great week thank you for that yeah. <laughs> uh, and and when I when I approach those pairings I'm thinking I'm looking for those flavors that I'm used to pairing with cheeses um, and I think my my favorite chocolate by far to pair with any cheese is the Madagascar mm-hmm. just because it's got it's got this lovely bright berry note that just it goes so well with everything and it's it's an obvious pairing for a lot of yeah nice salty creamy cheeses <clears throat> yes yeah. and I, I i will just piggyback on that I was when we were going to talk about pairing so i'll just tell you one of my favorite things to do oh, with chocolate and cheese. Oh, we, we were um, going to ask about this yeah anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> when you were talking about the madagascar and one of like my most memorable pairings from uh one of our events we did with cypress grove is we made a drinking chocolate out of our Madagascar. So we just, you know, you can make it at home, just take a Madagascar bar, break it all up and, and melt it in like, it, it's two parts milk to basically one part chocolate. Um, yeah. So it's real thick. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's like, you know, it's like, a, it's like a pourable ganache kind of. So make that and then just get a nice big wedge of like Humboldt fog and just dip. Oh my yeah. god! Dip it in the it, chocolate. It's so yes. good. I'm oh telling you, the drinking chocolate with because you know you, it's just like it coats the humble. It's you could so have your own so little good. little cup of chocolate fondue. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like yeah, it's kind of like that. I mean, and then it's a great you know if you're looking for something like if you bring that out at a dessert like at your dinner party, you'll you will blow minds. I I promise. <laughs> it's like yes. surefire, works every time. But it, it's a real fun way because people are just like it's such a different way for people to experience most people eat a chocolate bar rather than drinking you know real thick rich chocolate so that's already kind of different and then when you just put the chocolate and the cheese together already people like don't get it but when it comes together Uh, it's it's pretty fun i was waiting for this to happen this but i just got hungry just now (laughs) like that i'm like yes let's episode's over let's go do that right now yeah it's, it's a pretty fun one that sounds amazing that does sound amazing yeah and we had um Another one that was super interesting, we did, um, and this one, I didn't expect it to work out, um, but we, we made, every holiday, we kind of make this ginger snap bar. We take these ginger snap cookies from a company uh, in Portland called Bunches and Bunches. They're like wonderfully spicy. We grind them up and put them in the chocolate. And we've done it with dark chocolate. This last year, we did it with milk chocolate, and it was really, really exceptional. But we've had pretty good luck pairing the ginger snap bar with truffle tremor, which is pretty odd like really huh. odd but that was another one that was like man this is really working it was pretty interesting it's like a spicy ginger snap rather with than a sweeter truffle. one yeah oh, it was interesting that. and that, and huh. and I, I think we did the pairing with the dark chocolates i can't I, I couldn't say if our newer like milk chocolate would necessarily be as magical but anyway that was another one of those unusual ones and that that's why um you know, like you were saying you just had a bunch of bars and then you were breaking up cheeses and tasting those side by side and I think sometimes people wonder, like, well, how do you come up with these things? And You just try stuff. Exactly. I think some people think, oh, my gosh, he must have this amazing palate. And no. he just, like, he tastes this and he's like, oh, 
we need to have this. Sometimes it's, I do that. But. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. But for me, it's very, very rare. Normally, it's like, okay, we're going to do cheese and chocolate. So all the chocolates out and a whole bunch of cheeses and then just like try it go at it yeah yeah and so i mean that, that can be hard for people if they don't have like all of our bars all in, in one place but um the other thing you can do is you know get a bottle of wine or a bottle of beer or a cheese and maybe just get two chocolates or three chocolates and try those with only one cheese it makes it a little like more accessible right. it's not so overwhelming yeah, yeah. but i think and people even that don't think they really have a sophisticated or developed palate really between those three chocolates they yeah. will have one that they prefer if you have it, a hard time deciding just think about like well which one do i want another bite of exactly yeah that's a that, <laughs> exactly yep which one do you want to come back and and try again and your taste buds know yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't need that many things on the on the table. If you've got a couple of beverages, a couple of cheeses, I mean, everything you add. I, I'm trying to remember the exact math for it from middle school, but you know, if you've got three chocolates, three cheeses, three beverages, that's three times three times three hundred or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's an uh, an insane number of combinations becomes available to you, pretty. Pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't have to be careful to, like, overwhelm yourself yeah. and palate fatigue and, and those kind of things. Yeah. And there's really no wrong pairing. If you really like something, go for it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we've, we've thought about, you know, we, we normally do the pairing events <clears throat> at, at the factory, and, and we've done our homework, and so we'll, we'll, like, have it all ahead of time. We've thought, we've toyed around with the idea of, like, having people at their little tables and just have like the cheeses and, and the chocolates and then let everybody come up with the like pairings that they like best at their table. Right. And then we just kind of fight about it or like <laughs> argue amongst themselves <laughs> on which one is the best. But it's also interesting to see, I've always wondered, would there be a pairing that rose to the top? That ev- like almost universally, yeah. everybody was like this. We all this so collectively yeah. like this. We've never done that before. So it'd be interesting to yeah. see. Maybe there would be like you said, a whole everybody would have kind of their own yeah. different preference, or <laughs> maybe could, there would be. You a could time. harvest some fresh pairing ideas just from <laughs> from your consumers, your yeah. regular people that would come to a tasting event. Yeah, I think there's a social experiment <laughs> element to that. That because to a certain extent, the outlandish pairings, I'm I'm very dubious of them until someone I trust tells me, no, no, trust me, it's really good. You yeah, just just put this in your mouth, it'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it'll be great. I don't think the episode has been released yet, but just a teaser for a future episode that we've already recorded, where Veronica suggested that we try Cypress Grove. Uh, which one was it? Purple Haze. Purple Haze from Cypress Grove, with Rice Krispie treats. And it was one of the best things I've put in my mouth recently. It was delicious. Oh, that in is awesome. The and now most I'm thinking way, it was we need to put chocolate in there, too. Yeah. Do you know what else is a really, really, really great pairing? Vanilla ice cream, a little bowl okay. of vanilla ice cream with um, Honey Nut Cheerios on it and a little bit of cinnamon. And it tastes yeah. like snickerdoodles. It's the what? most. <laughs> 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 my, yes. kid, my kids got me into that one, but it's really good. I <laughs> never thought Honey Nut Cheerios were an ice cream topping, but it's really that's funny. That's one step up from my yeah. like cinnamon powdered sugar butter sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all know about those. Oh yeah, those are fantastic. <laughs> I, I just this is another non-cheese one that I want to throw out there. Uh, just cinnamon on watermelon. Oh, yeah. Oh, I've never had that. It, Just a light dusting of cinnamon on really? watermelon. You know, watermelon is like, especially ice cold watermelon is so refreshing and wonderful yeah. in the summer. Yeah. Cinnamon makes it more refreshing and wonderful. Really? 
When she first told me about this, when Veronica first, I thought she was pranking me. Because <laughs> the, the cinnamon, cinnamon challenge. challenge you need popular. a lot of cinnamon on there. Yeah. Like a pile of it. You'll be fine. <laughs> and it's the only way I eat watermelon now. At all. You've I, completely I, converted me. I might be converted too, even though I've never eaten it that way. Definitely. So many and just, you just need a little... Don't put a pile and then right. inhale deeply before you take a bite or anything. <laughs> yeah, for safety's sake, I make sure that all of the cinnamon has become Part of wet <laughs> and dark looking before approaching my mouth, just because I tend to inhale before I take a bite of anything for some reason. You're going to smell it first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a flavor-enhancing tactic, <laughs> not just me being bad at eating. Oh, all right. So maybe the folks listening right now want to know, what do you like to eat with your chocolate at home? What? <laughs> What's your favorite like go-to combo when you're like, oh, I just want my regular, satisfying, chocolate? Oh dessert. yeah. Well, um, let's see. It's funny. Uh, like at our at our house, there's like just always like open chocolate bars on the counter. You know what I mean? No. <laughs> you know, believe it or not, there are. <laughs> Whatever, like, random sample or something that, like, I, you know, I just, like, collect things and bring home. My wife loves chocolate. So um, it's interesting. We, we make really – she makes some really great desserts. She makes this amazing, like, chocolate flourless tort that uh, we eat quite a bit. But I, it, it, it's, it's interesting that you asked that question because the chocolate's, like, just always there, and we're just always, like, eating it. So it's not necessarily like it – culminates in this like magical you know like yeah. dessert thing it's just like it's it's there after work it's there like all throughout the evening and <laughs> yeah your poor um, kids what's that your poor kids i know yeah <laughs> poor kids um but it, you know and, and then it's we always have like because we, we go to chocolate festivals and things like that we also have a pretty cool collection of uh, like pretty exotic rare things so those bars also kind of make it into the rotation too the oh. non the non dick taylor bars that we are really excited about wow yeah i am curious we've veronica and i have talked about previously this experience of being a cheesemonger and having access to wonderful cheese all the time you get this sort of cheese privilege where uh-huh. someone offers you cheese and you're like no that's okay <laughs> despite loving cheese so much it's so ubiquitous in our lives that we start to like be kind of choosy about which cheeses we choose to bring home because we're yeah. like, I mean, it's, it's not worth it. I've already I, got so much great yeah. cheese. My cheese, the cheese space in my fridge is out of control right now. Yeah. Like, it's supposed to be contained in this container that, like, would fit a dozen eggs in it, and it's, like, just the whole shelf right now, and it's out of control. Now, just imagine in your mind for a second, if <laughs> cheese never went bad, and it oh. didn't how much cheese? How much cheese yeah. would you have? <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and that's why yeah. chocolate's really dangerous because yeah. you're just like, is it, it? It really lasts as long as you keep it cool and it doesn't melt. I mean, it like yeah. lasts forever. So you can collect a lot of chocolate, and, and then you can have cheese in every room <laughs> stashed somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why chocolate is dangerous because uh, yeah, you can. It's easy to collect and hold on to. <clears throat> oh. So we we try to eat a, like a chocolate bar a day around the house at least, just to move through it. Sometimes two. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just like it's become habit. And like I said, when it's just there on the counter, it, it goes, and then you yeah. get the next one out, and it yeah. goes. Well, we're going to have to wrap it up soon, I think. But I have one more question, unless okay. Thomas also has a little one. I mean, I have a million more questions. Good. But <laughs> I think we've got to cut it off somewhere. <laughs> Look back and forth. So, like, milk or dark? Like, what's your favorite bar? Uh, oh. Straight to the divisive question. I know. I know. Well, I know. I know. Um, 
gosh, what I eat most currently is milk chocolate. I love far. milk chocolate. Um, but too. I will. But with this caveat, let me just explain this really quick. I will not take up a whole another hour. But um, <laughs> p- milk chocolate. I mean, there's there, there's like the dark chocolate fanatics, mm-hmm. and then they like completely throw out the whole milk chocolate thing, which which I understand because milk chocolate generally available commercially, it's like. It, it's typically like 30 to 35 percent, sometimes lower. And I think, you know, as you start to get into really low quality chocolate, it could be like 10 percent, 15 percent cocoa Ugh. in there. OK, wow. the rest of it's milk powder, cocoa butter, vanilla and those other things. So when you taste a regular milk chocolate bar, um, you're not actually tasting chocolate or anything that even like resembles chocolate. Yeah. Right. Okay, we all have to agree that if, if the minority ingredient is cocoa, you're not tasting that anymore. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> our milk chocolate is, uh, we make it at <clears throat> 55%. So there's like some okay. dark chocolate bars that would probably be 55%. They just yeah. don't have the milk powder in there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So I like really good milk chocolate. I guess that'd be my caveat. And so our, our milk chocolate, which is like 55%, for me still has... Um, that uh, that wonderful cocoa flavor lets me know it's still chocolate, but uh, it's less like cerebral for me. Mm. When I eat like a two ingredient dark chocolate, like some of our own, I find that I'm oftentimes in my mind like picking it apart, like oh man, maybe we should have like roasted a little bit more, or like, what, if, <laughs> you know, what if it conched for another couple hours? You know, so I'm always like I'm like unpacking it. Whereas like when I eat our milk chocolate's much more visceral. It's just like, it's like oh, pleasure. Yeah. tasty. Give yeah. me more, you know? <laughs> and so, and, and maybe maybe that's kind of why I've been gravitating towards it because I just can get that, like, I get a real, like, enjoyment out of it. I don't pick it apart and think, oh, how could I, you know, it's just like, it's just tasty. So, yeah. yeah. Ah, but, I, but I do like dark chocolate a lot. And I mean, I, I, I really love, I've always loved our Belize bar. I mean, it's just like, yeah. really kind of classically well-rounded and i will come back and open one up every once in a while like man it, it, it's it's good it's really good i remember it being so good you know <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's kind of what i've been eating lately excellent i hope people don't hate me because i eat milk answer. chocolate i love that <laughs> i love that i'll out myself as being a fan of milk chocolate too it's delicious it is dark chocolate's good Dark chocolate's, dark chocolate's good. also good. I and think maybe dark cho- chocolate is really trendy right now. I yeah. Like. It's, it's popular to say, oh, I only eat dark chocolate. But I know. And maybe that's maybe that's another reason why I like milk chocolate. I'm like, oh, I like milk chocolate. But I'm like, <laughs> you like milk chocolate? Contrary, yeah, in a way. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sort of like our belief that, that you should put cheese with everything. Maybe that's also true of milk powder. <laughs> adding dairy to things to makes everything. them better. <laughs> yeah. That could be true. That could yeah. be true. More research is needed. Well. Well, I, uh, we promised ourselves that that was going to be the last question. <laughs> We're looking at our producer like, are we allowed? <laughs> Can we go off book here? Uh, I did have one question that I am deeply curious about. And this is this is maybe a personal question, so feel free not to answer this, and we can just oh. edit out the fact that I answered it or asked. But... Uh, so you, you've made this career switch, and you you make chocolate now. And I imagine that that makes you, like, one of the most popular people in Humboldt County. And I just I just have this sense that, like, do people from your past, like, want to be friends with you now more because you're a chocolate maker? Like, has that, has that granted you, like, Humboldt foodie fame? 
is there like VIP tickets or something associated? Like, how has that changed your life? Oh, man. <laughs> what a question. Because <laughs> um, I have a sense it's like being a rock star a little bit. Uh, yeah, world. it's not. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I can assure you it's not like that. <laughs> um, yeah, I that's that's an interesting one. I have not had anybody from my past like reach out and be like, let's be buds. Um, Send me chocolate. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I haven't had that. I, I maybe you know maybe people know, like know us, but I, I feel like in Humboldt County in particular, Dustin and I also play in a band called Huckleberry Flint. I feel like more people probably would like recognize us from that like avenue. Maybe not, um, but no, I, it's. Uh, that's that's a, such an interesting question. I, I remember early on when we first started, and I, you know, we had, we had seen this video, we had bought the stuff, and I remember feeling like I identified as like a chocolate maker. Like what? Even though I didn't even have like a chocolate business, I was still doing carpentry. I'm like, I'm a chocolate maker. I love like telling people about it. Um, and that's changed now. I mean, now it's I think because it's become like so much more normal uh you know having done it for now all these years and mm-hmm. it's like the day, the job i go to every day and i do my thing so it's it's less of like this totally like fresh thing and it's funny because like a lot of times i don't know i don't necessarily love like a ton of attention so sometimes when people are like <laughs> what wh- where do you work i'm like oh I just work at Dick Taylor. I <laughs> <laughs> don't even tell them who you are. Like I just work there. It's pretty fun. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not like I'm embarrassed about it, but sometimes that's like, I don't yeah. I don't know. It's always weird. Like, oh, you're, you're that guy. You're that guy. I'm like, we're, you know, we're just, we're just dudes, like <laughs> trying to figure out how to run a business and make more chocolate and <laughs> keep the employees busy. I mean, it's like, it, it is pretty like, you know, regular thing. Yeah, there's no like, we don't have like any gold desks or any, I don't have my name on the door. I sit back at this little table by the roaster where I like try to do my computer work and there's like dust from the beans and yeah. <laughs> and you go home smelling like chocolate. Yeah. Oh. And you feel sticky it's kind of, worst. I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's definitely not a bad place to work at all. It's pretty fun. And you know, it's, it's really neat to be making this, um, product that is you know it's like when we when we do tours you know you mm-hmm. always like the first thing i always ask is who who likes chocolate you know everybody's hands go up so oh, it's yeah. really fun to be making something that i'm like the youngest person to you know the senior citizen most everybody loves chocolate in some form and so that's oh, yeah. really yeah it's really neat it's fun to be making something that everybody loves and truthfully even though our bars are you know significantly more than a regular you know than a commercially produced chocolate bar a large scale chocolate bar however you want to call it it's still within the reach of most people oh and it looks like a present yeah. I mean, it's in yeah. this beautiful package that's printed locally yeah i've yeah. seen it on like being printed on that really cool yeah just my type letter press in old town that uh, is yeah. so cool that's a whole nother podcast talking yeah. about how that all came about but <laughs> yeah um yeah you know we, we just we wanted it to be you know something that was that was elegant but you know probably all of us in this room if we like pooled all our money together we couldn't buy like the best bottle of wine in the world or the best bottle of like scotch but yeah we could easily buy i'm not saying our chocolate bars are the best in the world but almost anybody could afford even what i would consider to be like the best stuff made you know yeah i think you guys are in the running (laughs) (laughs) we're working on it we're working on it that answer did not disappoint oh good okay yeah that was great 
this has been really fun. Yeah, I hope. I uh, don't want to stop. <laughs> every, I hope everyone listening has has been really enjoying this. Yeah, I feel I like we I have, have to stop now because we yeah. can't we can't keep you here all day because you have chocolate to make. We do. Um, <laughs> before we sign off, where can people find you or access your chocolate? How does that work? Uh, yeah, so I mean, obviously we're we're talking about the co-op and we're at the co-op now, so that's a, a great place to get it. Um, you can come get it at our factory. Uh, you know, if you're looking, especially, if, you know, the co-op mainly has like our bars and some of like mm-hmm. the, the kind of our regular wholesale products. But we do a monthly micro batch bar and some other unique things. And those you have to get straight from us. So you can always come by our factory. We do curbside. We're like on DoorDash. Uh, I got to do this. You can order online, um, ship it to your friends. So th- those are, you know, kind of the easiest ways to get it. We love okay. when people come in and then kind of peek through the window and see what's going on in the back of the factory. I love ship it to your friends because that packaging <laughs> is beautiful and it makes a great gift. Oh, yeah. I give it every year as cr- for Christmas because oh, it's cool. because it's affordable. No one's ever disappointed to get it and they and don't feel like it. everybody wants I, chocolate unless you're one of the poor people that's allergic. Yeah, yeah I know there are, there are some. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that concludes today's episode. Thank you for being here, Adam. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been really, really fun. (laughs) It has. And thank you all of you at home for listening. Uh, If you're interested in any of the cheeses that we mentioned in this podcast, specifically the new Humboldt Fog remix, Chipotle Cacao from from Cypress Grove, uh, you can come by and visit us in either of our two cheese departments at the co-op located at 811 I Street in Arcata or 25 4th Street in Eureka. Please follow North Coast Co-op on Facebook and Instagram. Visit us at northcoast.coop. That's dot C-O-O-P. We're all over the internet. Uh, if you want more cheese content or would like to subscribe to our email list, please visit northcoast.coop slash cheese, where we'll probably be giving away a coupon for a discount on, uh, on some humble fog. I think we decided to do that. I'm looking around the room because yeah. we I'm decided to do that. I give it a literally. thumbs up even though I have no, <laughs> no control over it, but I think you should. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's give away some coupons. So go to northcoast.coop slash cheese. That's northcoast.coop slash cheese. Get yourself a coupon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.